0: Well, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Hershey Free Church. Welcome to a snowy morning. Thank you, Karen. I appreciate that. I am Dave Hyatt on the pastoral staff here. I'd like to welcome you. And, uh, you know, about 2,000 years ago, Jesus stood before a crowd a lot smaller than this after his resurrection. And he gave about a 30-second little sermonette that has echoed through history and changed i would say the, definitely changed the course of history they say about helen of troy that she had a face that sailed a thousand ships that set a thousand ships to sail jesus gave a 30 second speech that has sent far more ships and planes and people in motion than that what was that little statement that Jesus said? What was that little 30-second blurb that he gave? We're going to look today at a passage that's been known um, throughout uh, modern church history, at least, as the, the great commission of Jesus Christ, in, uh, or the great mandate of Jesus to his church. After his resurrection, he stood before his disciples, and you know, someone's final words are often uh, ones that we seize on, we want to, we want to know So these are some of the final words of Jesus Christ to his people. This small group of believers that was gathered, people who were his followers, he said to them, Then Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And I am with you always. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This great commission of Jesus was um, re- has rung out throughout history. There are organizations named after it. It's carved in granite in places in the world. But we're going to ask today a little bit. This is a, if you looked at the front of your bulletin, a global, uh, I can't remember what the heck we call it, a global ministry Sunday, a uh, global ministry Sunday and uh, but before we we get into a little bit more of of the uh, great commission i want to ask a couple of questions about the great commission what does it actually what does it mean what is jesus saying why is it a good thing and and why are we still pursuing it the endeavor of global missions today isn't something that's just a given that's like oh yeah it's a good thing for christians to go and make other christians what does it what does it mean what is jesus calling his disciples or his followers to do when he tells them to go and make disciples is he just calling them to go and make more people who call themselves Christians because we want our team to have more followers than their team. We just want more more followers of the Steelers than we do of the Ravens. Or I want more on, Jesus wanted, you know, more social media followers than Muhammad had or something. Is that what he, he just wants followers for the sake of followers? Is he trying to monetize this or what? No, Jesus, when he said to go and make disciples, everybody's a disciple of something, okay? Everybody's in one kingdom or another. Everybody's in one kingdom or another, and the only two options are the kingdom of death and the kingdom of life. So Jesus said to his followers, I want you to go and make disciples. God has a, originally, in his creation, it was life and wellness and hope. There was there was goodness and grace and in the fall people fell into this cataclysmic state of separation from god enmity with each other and and and, and we we see the results of that jesus said i want to in my death my burial and resurrection i've changed all that and i want you to go and be messengers of that good news i want you to call people from death to life i want you to call them out of this, this state of lostness into a state of hope and foundness. So when he said, I want you to go and make disciples, it wasn't just, I want you to go and drink coffee with people and show them how to read their Bible. That's a part of it. I want you to go and help people learn how to pray. That's a part of it. But he said, I want you to call people from the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of death, it's separation from God for all eternity, to a kingdom of life and hope where they can experience the goodness of God on an ongoing daily basis. Doesn't mean their lives are perfect as disciples. Uh, many of us can be testimonies to that. We still have struggles. We still have frailties. But call them from death to life so is the missionary mandate is this endeavor of the great commission still worth it absolutely because as followers of christ we say it's the it's a life and death mission so when he said to go and make disciples he said call people from the kingdom of death to the kingdom of life and to whom should we go you know was it just to the jewish people no he said to go to all nations To go to all nations. So whenever you think of nations, you may think of the United Nations. There are 194 nations as defined there. Is that what Jesus was talking about? Get to every one of those countries and you'll be good to go. No. The word he was using here was was for ethnic groups. It was for every nation, every national, every distinct language group in the world. So there are about 17,000 nations in the world. Not just 194. Within every country are many, many nations. A country like Nigeria, one country, but there are hundreds of nations within it. Distinct ethno-linguistic peoples. And and Jesus says, I want you to go to all of them. So he stands this little band of people, uh, promises them he has all authority, promises them his presence, and says, now I want you to go and call all these people from 17,000. Now, his disciples had no idea these numbers. Um, didn't matter. They knew there were a lot, right? There were a lot of people, and they were supposed to make disciples of all of them. So I think at this point, 2,000 years later, it's fair for us to ask, how's it going? You know, the um, president of the United States gets up every year and does a State of the Union address. I want to presumptuously do for you a little bit of a state of the kingdom address. How goes it with the kingdom? How goes it with the kingdom of God, um, as we see? Um, and I want to address it in kind of three areas. How's it going with the kingdom overall? How is, is, the, how is Jesus' mandate, his commission being fulfilled? How's Hershey Free Church doing? How are we as an individual local body doing? And then thirdly, how can you be involved? How can you... How are you doing? I want you to ask that question of yourself, and then how can you be involved? Well, I've got some good news, and I've got some bad news when it comes to how is it going. How is it going? First, how is the kingdom doing overall? Well, on our, in our world, there are 3.1 billion people right now who are considered unreached. And that's a kind of missions term that was um, coined uh, in the 70s. The idea has been around forever, unfortunately, but, the, but that means less than 2% of the people in their, in their ethno-linguistic group, if they're a tribe, one of those 17,000, um, there are less than 2% of those people who are followers of Jesus. So less than 2%. So not enough to, to see a people movements start happening, less than 2%. So 3.1 billion people on planet earth are considered unreached and therefore doesn't mean they're unreachable. It just means at this point they are unreached. So 2,000 years on, there are 3.1 billion people, more lost people today on the planet than there were at the time of Jesus, simply because there are more people. Of those 17,000 uh, distinct ethno-linguistic peoples of those, those uh, nations that Jesus referred to, uh, about 7,000 of them are still considered unreached, would still be in that same category of under 7,000 or over 40% of our people groups are still unreached to this day. As, as we look around with our eyes, we'd say, boy, um, Christianity feels like, seems like it's in retreat." You know, I was uh, driving past a little church yesterday and someone told me, oh, that one's closing down. Um, we, we see churches being changed into coffee shops and, you know, in and, and Europe, this had this magnificent, beautiful history of, of, of Christ following in this post-Christian era. Uh, so we could say, there is some bad news in the world. Many people who, uh, in, in nations who had been st- ardent followers of Jesus and his disciples now are not. And if we just look around with our eyes, we see plenty of bad news, right? There's plenty of bad news. But I also want to let you know that there is some good news. There's some great news. And, and specifically, I, I find it in this, in this very passage we look at, the first element of good news is that we have a promise. We have God's own promise. Here, Jesus, when he said to his disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus, when he gave this command, it wasn't just like, good luck, fellas. I hope you can pull this off. I know it's a long shot, but I'm pulling for you. No, he said, all, I have all authority. When I tell you to do this, you have all of the authority of the God of heaven who spoke the earth and the cosmos into being. All authority has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And surely, surely I am with you always to the end of the age. God promised us his presence first. He promises, Jesus says, I have the authority to do it. I have the authority to do what you're called to do. And I promise you my presence. I promise. When I was a kid, I remember getting into a a fight with a kid, Tommy Burnsworth. And um, yeah, he started it. But um, my, uh, my older brothers were with me. They didn't help much, but I knew they were with me. Okay? So that if things went south, they might pull us They might just, anyhow, they might have jumped in on me. But, um, but we have the presence of Jesus Christ with us. It just gives us such assurance. We have the, the authority of Jesus and his, his ongoing presence. And the, the passage that came to my mind when I, when I thought of, throughout the Old and New Testament, there is... Picture after picture and promise after promise of God's work, his, um, his promise that he's going to work. But the one that, that jumped out at me was this. It's from Habakkuk 2.14. And Habakkuk is a, bit, a pretty depressing book, really, if you look at it. It's an Old Testament prophet. Habakkuk's complaining and saying, God, how long, how long is this injustice going to continue and we're being oppressed and things are going awful for us as the, as the people of Israel? And God says to Habakkuk, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I want you to imagine being under the sea. I want you to imagine being at the ocean floor and thinking of how, how wet is that? It's pretty wet, right? Uh, There's not a nook or a cranny or a crack or a crevice where there's not water. It is completely saturated, inundated, filled with water. And and the the covenant promise of God here is that the knowledge of the glory of God is going to cover the earth just as the water covers the sea. It's, it's inescapable. It's going to happen. We're progressing towards that by the glory and grace of God. So we have the promise of Christ's presence. We have the promise of his enduring power and authority with us. We have the promise that this vision is going to be realized. And this is just one of many places throughout history that there, the gospel is going to be a blessing to all nations. So th- that's good news that we can hang our hats on. That we can, we can rest assured that God will do what he promised to do. And secondly, we see great progress Uh, We see great progress. Now, I I mentioned some of the, the numbers that were really depressing and sad, but we see more people becoming followers of Jesus Christ today than ever in history. Easily, it's outstripping, there are more people following Jesus today than at any point in history. People taking, going from that kingdom of death to the kingdom of life. People becoming disciples and followers of Jesus. And often... Not as uh, just, it's, it's not a conversion in, in terms of just simply what they believe about a body of knowledge. But it is, it is a decision to go from death to life. Um, but their physical lives may be in danger by doing it. They're making decisions. Um, right now, the, um, the nation of China, in 1949, there were about one million followers of Jesus Christ in a relatively open society at that point for, um, for what you believed. Now, there are over 100 million followers of Jesus. Some say 150 million followers of Jesus Christ in the face of persecution where the government is knocking down churches and imprisoning Christians. Iran, 1979, if you think of Iran, you may think of the Iranian Revolution, if you're old enough, and the, um, the occupation of the U.S. Embassy and those kind of things. In 1979, there were 500 uh, Christ followers of Iranian descent, the Persian Christians, there were 500. Today, there are over a million. It's amazing. God is at work. Africa in 1900, the continent of Africa, was about 5% Christian in 1900, 5%. Today, it's 50% Christian, followers of Jesus. Do you know the most viewed film in history? You might think, uh, you know, in any other context, if I wasn't talking about Jesus, you might think it was... Uh, Avatar or the Avengers or something like that, but it's the Jesus film. It's this little million-dollar film made by Campus Crusade in the 1970s, translated, Uh, there are 225, what what did I, no, there are three translations of that movie done every single week. It's crazy, it's just being translated over, a couple of our missionaries who are here are involved in that with Campus Crusade. The most translated and watched movie in the history of the world, Jesus translation of the Bible. How are we doing after 2,000 years? Well, the first 1,700 years, pretty slow, pretty slow, honestly, getting to those 17,000 different ethno-linguistic groups. There were less than 100 translations of the Bible by the year 1,700. Today, there are over 2,000 translations of the scripture, and 225 of them are done every year, every year. And we've been able to be part of that and involved in that. So there is great work going on. God is at work all around us. So there's, We have a great promise from God. We have really, really good news. And I just wanted to share one aspect of that good news with you, just um, through a little video of um, some of the missionaries that, that we have and some of the work they're doing. We have a, a video from Peru. Let's watch this together.
1: For the past 17 years, Hershey Free has been helping the Evangelical Missionary Church realize their vision of seeing healthy churches develop in indigenous villages upriver, Most of the people living along the upper Ukiali River are Shipibos and it has been a joy to visit many of their villages to introduce the gospel and also share the love of Christ. Since there are very few roads in the jungle our only connection to these communities is by river and for this reason one of the first goals of the ministry was to construct a boat to be used as a mobile ministry base. El Evangelista has been a great resource, enabling us to take many teams made up of Americans, Pocopinos, and Chapibos on multiple visits to over 100 villages. Churches are developing in many communities, and pastors and church leaders are receiving training through a curriculum made up of Oralidad and Bible Pathways. It is especially exciting to see a vision for mission developing among Shipibo leaders. They have received our visits to their villages, joined us as we've traveled further upriver to other communities, and now they are beginning to extend the ministry on their own. Our Rally Dad and Pathway students have been drawn together as a group and have now registered their own mission organization, Apromishi, Shapibo Mission Project Association. Let's listen to Pastor Fidencio as he shares a little of the vision of Apromishi. The new generation is responsible to take the gospel to our brothers. As missionaries we are having good result. There are many Shipibos who are becoming Christians, while there are others who hold to their beliefs in natural things. But we are in conquest of them. We are a new mission with a positive goal to go teaching and sharing with them. In such a way we need to prepare more in these times so that the gospel can expand into even the most difficult places where many people cannot go. Our purpose is not just for Shapebos. There are various other ethnic groups that are near rivers and in other places throughout our country.
0: Amen. <laughs> so we have the promise of God. We have the progress of what's going on in the world. And in, in particular, when you look at this, you see this wonderful coming together. Of, so it was a, a church in Empocalpa in, in Peru that, that wanted help reaching another people group, the Shipibo. So they partnered with Hershey Free Church, a school teacher from uh, Lower Dauphin and a research scientist from the med center, Blair and Joan, head down to, to Peru to work with this church from Hershey Free Church. And they begin to work. Now the, the Pocalpa church is reaching the Shipibo and the Shipibo people say, hey, wait a second. So if this is good news for us, what about the other people along this river who don't know Jesus? What about the other people, the Ashinaka and the others up in the mountains who don't know Christ and further back the river that you can't, you're not allowed to go to because um, they're afraid you'll ruin, a, ruin their culture or whatever? We can go talk to them about Jesus. What's wrong with that? Oh, nothing, let's do that. So when these guys talk about going to other people, they've, they've looked at the word of God and they've said, we should go too. So there's, along with the great promise of God, the great progress, God has a great plan. And that plan has always been about making disciples. It's been about people. When the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth, it's not knowledge like little signboards around or posters or, um, or even videos. Or It's people who, who the, the good news is written on their hearts and their lives and is fleshed out so these people so what god has done i'm the the missions professor which is a pretty uh, presumptuous term at step seminary in in haiti i um i get to go on an annual basis and teach a course on missiology the history and practice of missions to to haitian seminary students and it's one of my funnest weeks of the year um it, 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 there are about, each time, about 65 students, and we sit and we talk and we say, what's the history of missions? I want to give you a quick history. This isn't what I do over the 20 hours of lecture. But at least the last couple hundred years of missions, of Protestant missions after the, um, after the Reformation, kind of looked like this. The first couple hundred years were after Martin Luther, John Calvin, were pretty silent. They were they were working out some th- theological issues. Not a whole lot going on. But then the Great Commission. This this Great Commission caught on, and they said, "Hey, we need to go to the nations. Christianity shouldn't just be for this little group in North America or in Europe. It should be for all the world, and we should go all over the place." So um, Christians began to go for 250 years from uh, from Europe and North America. Go by the thousands around the world as missionaries, as followers of Jesus, to proclaim the good news of Jesus, to translate the scriptures, to build schools and hospitals, to to proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord, to make disciples, to call people from death into life. And it went remarkably well. It went wonderfully well, not without its hiccups, not without its hitches, but went wonderfully well. So much so that the second phase of missions, so that's the first kind of phase, the second phase or second act was that there were national people who became believers who said, Missionaries always say, any missionary worth his salt says, I want to work myself out of a job. At least I don't need to do this anymore. I can, there are other lost people I can go and reach. But if, if I find someone who can do what I can do, then I can go do something else. So the they, national people began to be, become followers of Jesus. So that the Brazilians were reaching Brazilians and Koreans were reaching Koreans and Chinese were reaching Chinese. So that's the second phase of so these people group movements that happened. And then, lastly, and I think this is the most this is the 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 phase. This has happened recently. It's happened throughout history, but specifically and very, very obviously now, it's from every nation to every nation. What we saw there with the the Peruvians wanting to reach the Shipibo, and then the Shipibo wanted to reach the Ashinica and others, that is happening all over the world. There are Christians who are saying, if this news is good news, it should be for everybody. It should be for everybody, other tribes and tongues, that this great commission... Is not just for Americans to take and fulfill or Europeans to take and fulfill, but this is a command that Jesus has given to us. I had a, um, a chance to have a, a wonderful seven hour truck ride up into the mountains of Haiti to look and see where they grew the coffee that you're drinking today. And along on that journey, I got to talk with two guys who, two Haitian guys involved with Haitian missions. And I asked them, why are you involved with sending of, of Haitian missionaries? They said, Pastor Dave, the Haitian church should not be exempt from the Great Commission. We, we want to be part of this. We love Jesus and we want others to know about him. Can't we be part of it too? Said, Absolutely. Before I cry, I'm going to invite Mark uh, Lewis and my friend Roger up here and uh, ask them a couple questions. Uh, Roger is a, uh, a missionary in West Africa and Mark is the director of uh, the... International arm of uh, Reach Global Crisis Response is going to be with us for lunch today. Mark, you can tell a little bit about what you guys do and uh, in terms of leadership development as well. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Um, we serve the mission field that follows crisis, and a large part of what we do is develop relationships with national partners to help equip them um, for this work of, of the Great Commission in their own context, developing indigenous leaders Uh, We work with them in a wide variety of ways. And the crisis opens the door for those relationships, but then we stay with working with those partners for for years to come. We've been working in Haiti, uh, as an example, for the past 10 years and developed long-term relationships that include uh, friends like Roger. Pastor Roger is... um... He's a step-seminary graduate, he could talk about that, but he's a, he's a missionary in West Africa. Roger, I'd like for you to talk about just what you guys do in, in Senegal, and a little bit about the country of Senegal as well.
2: Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. My name is uh, Roger, and uh, I'm uh, bringing uh, the greeting of my wife, Fredine, and our kids, Marlo, Rogerson uh, and Fred. Uh, yeah, uh, we are missionary in Senegal since 2007, and uh, Senegal is a great country, um, seven times uh, bigger than Haiti. Uh, we are black people there. And uh, in Senegal, I, uh, been, I've been involved in teaching Bible at uh, Bible school and uh, at church. Uh, also, um, I've been working in... Uh, uh, making disciples with uh, or between the new believers, uh, working with uh, uh, pastors in the villi- in the villages, and uh, also uh, sharing the gospel in uh, the streets and, and villages, and uh, also helping uh, church planning uh, workers uh, in Senegal. Uh, uh, that's why I, that's what I. Do uh, in Senegal as missionary.
0: Praise God! Yeah. And so, thank
2: you very much uh, because you understand my Korean English.
0: <laughs> His Creole slash English, but no, your English is great. He's, I wanted to ask to just so you're a Haitian missionary. You're born and raised in Haiti. Went to Step Seminary. What are some of the advantages of? you being a Haitian guy in in Senegal versus an American missionary or a North American missionary?
2: Yeah, many advantages for Haitian because uh, we are black people and uh, we speak French. Um, Also, we have an animist background and also we uh, share some historical point with uh, Senegalese as uh, uh, French colonialism, as a, a good relationship between uh, the first Senegalese president and former pre- Haitian president, um, those things help uh, build uh, the bridge uh, between Haitian and Senegalese.
0: Well, thank you so much for serving. These guys are both supported missionaries by Hershey Free Church, and it's just it's a privilege to be on your team with you guys. And you can see um, how God is working from every nation to every nation. Thank you, brother. Thank you very much. And so, <laughs> so we also will be doing a a lunch after after church. With Mark and Denise I'm will be speaking. It's a, uh, a potluck, but if you just promise not to eat too much, you can come. We would love to have you there. Um, so the, um, so you can just see the, the cleverness of God about his plan. You know, when I, when I think of, major- we call them in missions, majority world missionaries, those who are called from different nations. Roger, he mentioned the, um, the animist background. Um, being able to understand what people are coming out of and to. Now, Senegal is a majority Muslim country, but Islam is just this thin layer on top of animism. And, and in some ways, the um, Haitian... Experience has been a, a Catholic veneer on top of voodoo. So they can understand whenever people talk about the spirits and different things. So God has a plan. So God has given us a promise that we see the progress. And God has a plan. And it's mobilizing people from every nation to every nation. With, with Roger over here, it's so fun to think about the very coffee that you're drinking is going to send Haitian missionaries. I sat with, with four Haitian guys last week. And five American guys on a, on a couple of boards that are trying to send Haitian missionaries. If you're following the news, you know right now, Haiti is, it's a, it's a mess right now. There's stuff being burned. There's gang violence. A friend of mine and his brother were just killed this week by gangs down at near Steppe. It's just, things are, are really, really in a terrible place. And yet, we sat together and prayed and said, God, in the next five years, we want to send five more families with Roger and Fredine to Senegal. Because the... the, the The people in West Africa need to hear the gospel. They continue to want to send. So um, right now, there are more. I I want to talk about some other places where God is calling people from. Uh, Korea. You know, in the year 1900, there was less than 2% Christian. It would have been one of those uh, unreached people groups. Today, there are more missionaries from Korea than any other nation on the planet other than the United States. Uh, China. We have a missionary who, who serves in China. He just got back from a trip to the Middle East to figure out where Chinese missionaries could serve, where he had, um, where he could find places for them to serve as, uh, as as workers to share the good news about Jesus. Brazilians are all over the place. If you go around the world, you'll meet Brazilian missionaries. Our partnership in, in Burkina Faso, that we're going to talk about a little bit here, has um, has been a little rough because of some of the violence from from the the Muslim North coming down. But the ministry there continues on an ongoing basis because of Nigerian missionaries who are living in the city or living in the village we're working at and other Nigerian missionaries come that we partner together with. So God is working from every nation to every nation. From every nation to every nation, he is calling his people to invest in the world. So if that's it, do we just get to sit back on our laurels? We say, oh, the work is done. The Americans we've done are. We carry the baton as far as we are. Now we're gonna go stand on the sidelines and cheer. Um, We get to, you know, get out our golf spikes and go play a couple rounds. You know, is this kind of kingdom retirement? No. No, you guys know that. That would be a dumb question, right? That's not the role of the Western church. There are still lots for us to do. There are still so many ways for us to be involved. We have 40 different missionary families from Hershey Free Church on the field doing so many different things. In, in the area of training, we have 13 of our missionary families um, have either a PhD or a, a doctor of ministry or involved in equipping of national believers and churches, how to, to multiply churches, how to translate the scriptures, how to, how to. we have uh, four ethnomusicologists on our in our missionary they they make sure that people have uh, music in their own language so that a Haitian guy is not singing about how Jesus has washed him whiter than snow When other than today Roger never had a chance to see snow in his life you know so they're they're singing things that are, are true of their culture we have two physicians on our, our staff who are training national workers in how to give physical care so they can proclaim the gospel. We have mechanical engineers, civil engineers, chemical engineers, classical musicians, nurses, graphic artists, um, architects. These are both remarkable and remarkably ordinary people who are sent out over into the world for the good news of Jesus. And there's still a great, great need for Western missionaries, for for training, for encouragement, for working alongside and for serving. I want you to watch one of our short-term teams um, was recently in Burkina Faso and to hear how these guys report how their work went. And then I want to unpack this. I want you to notice the relational aspects of this video here.
3: I'm Caitlin Breitenbach, and I'm Katie Miller, and I'm Brenda Hollenbach. Last year, I served with Dave Hyatt on the Global Missions um, Department and went with him and Dave Shef- went with Dave Shepherd to Burkina Faso. Um, while there, we were exploring what Burkina Faso was like, and one of the things that we learned while we were there was the strong role that women had in their community. So this year, when visioning, what did our partnership really? look like with Burkina Faso and how could we provide a big impact to the community, Dave Shepard and Dave Hyatt thought it would be a great idea to send a group of women to Burkina to actually interact with the women there, since it was pretty apparent that they were really going to be the ones to enact change within the village. We're doing a transformational community development program in Burkina Faso. Uh, What that means is that they're looking to bring growth in five areas, which are education, income generation, health, nutrition, and water um basic tenants of any community that needs to be able to pull themselves out out of poverty. Additionally, we wanted to include some activities that would help build the rapport so that the villagers would be um become trusting of us, engage with us. Um speaking a different language and having to work through an interpreter makes it even more difficult to be able to really start to build those relationships. Katie's idea to bond with the women that You know, despite the language barrier, we're all just women. And so early on in the week, we we had a nail um, polishing session where we we painted their nails. We we were thinking that they would paint their own toenails, but they kind of liked the idea of us painting their toenails too. But it was amazing because, excuse me, the next day when we came in, it was like we were old friends the the barrier just touching them the barrier had been broken one of the things that we did learn culturally about the people of burkina is that there are even though it's one country there are all are multiple people groups or tribes that coexist in this area and that's actually one of the areas that um there is some consternation going on from a security perspective. So while we were there, we are most of the village is made up of Mosi people who live there and farm the land there. But then there's also the Fulani people who are more nomadic and travel through the area. And while we were there, actually... The Falana people ended up coming to our sessions. So first, the husbands came the one day to just see what was going on, and then they sent their wives the next day and children. And then the wives were there and were very engaging as well in the in the teaching sessions. Uh, Even when our farewell dance, they did a dance for us whenever we left where the Mosi people danced. But then also the Fulani people got up and wanted to show their tribal dances to us as well. Mm -hmm. So to see the village come together in both of those people groups interacting uh, because we were there was an extremely powerful experience.
0: Those guys did great. And there was one other person who wasn't pictured, who was one of our former missionaries. So that team went. And what was their their role? You know, they worked, they built relationships with people. They they, they spent time with them. We have this ongoing uh, relationship with the people in the village. And we have Nigerian missionaries who are there on an ongoing basis. But these ladies just went and interacted. They taught some very necessary things. One of the things that uh, Brenda had a chance to teach about was human trafficking. People will come into the village and live there for six months and make friends with everybody and then start to um, to say, hey, I, I have a friend who lives in the big city. We could take your daughter and get her a job there. And they, they prey on people in the villages and to say, look, these are not your friends. These are not people getting your daughter's jobs in the city. They're, they're using your children horribly. And so... We, we've had, um, Western missionaries can continue to work. Now, this is just a short-term team, but they, as they served, as they took these ladies' feet in their hands, they painted them as just um, relationships. It, it honors them. Uh, it, it brought the Fulani and the Mosi people together. Even the, the Nigerian folks weren't able to do that, but these guys were able to do that as they were teaching this little team. They brought them together so they could hear the gospel and the good news. So there's still a great need for Western missionaries, short-term teams, long-term teams teams in the world that God is sending out and we continue to work to send out so overall I want to, to see if, how we've done over so these three questions we asked how's it going with the kingdom I hope you're encouraged it's going well The state of our kingdom is strong. God is growing. God is making disciples of the nations. God is calling people from every tribe and tongue to go to every tribe and tongue and nation. And we get to be a part of that. This is the most exciting time in history. Um, But there's still much to do. You know, how are we doing as a church? I think we're doing great. I mean, I think we are doing some of the most remarkable work, but there's still much to do for us individually and personally. We are going to be um, investing more time, more effort in the equipping of nationals, equipping of nationals to go to the nation. So um, heading to Haiti and different places like that to, to equip. But we're not going to stop saying, hey, we also need to be part of that. And then thirdly, I want, you know, when we talk about how you can get involved, Um, We asked about how you could get involved. I want you to take out this card that you were given. It was in your bulletin as you came in. And it has... uh some opportunities on it. I'm actually going to give you a minute to fill it out because I think it's, it's really critical. And we're going to collect these at the end of the service at the door. I want you to consider one of these options. One is pray and connect. If you would like to connect with one of our missionary families, check that box. I will put you in touch with one of these awesome missionary families so that you can hear on an ongoing basis their stories. They write every six weeks or so to say this is what's going on. I'll do some missionary matchmaking there and uh, put you together with, the, with what I think is the right one. Um, going, we still have some opportunities to go, even though right now our Haiti and Burkina Faso partnerships are, um, we're not sending large teams, we're just sending little specific teams. There are some uh, going um, opportunities there that you can learn more about. Uh, one is a crisis response team that, that Mark um, mentioned a bit, and Home away From Home is reaching out to internationals at the Med Center. And then lastly, giving. and I'm not asking you to, to give to this today, but I want to point out that our gift fund, the boat that you saw on there that Blair talked about, the beginning of our Burkina Faso partnership, the beginning of our Haiti partnership, the training of those Chapibo pastors, and has all been um, through gift. It's our Global Impact Fund for Transformation. If you've been around for a while, it used to be called the Global Ministry Project Fund. It's a, it's a fund we use to fund uh, our, our missionaries, not their monthly support that comes from our ministry fund, which I encourage you to give to as well, but this is a separate fund that we give grants to missionaries who, who want to do strategic things like translate Bibles or, or um, build a boat to get to people who, who can't hear the gospel. So go ahead and fill that out. And make sure you drop it off because we will have no record of your filling it out if we don't get it. And uh, you can drop it off on the way out. You're not supposed to leave yet, though. So as you're filling that out, I want to ask the band to come forward. And, uh, and we're going to close with a, with a song, His Mercy is More. And uh, His Mercy is more not just for, for us, though, right? <laughs> His Mercy is more for all peoples in all the world that we live in it has been i'm going to come up and sum up in a little bit but um as you fill those out uh, please consider how god would have you involved in his great great commission